Living Well with Dr. Peg. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and thanks for tuning in. And we're brought to you by SSI Guardian on Thursdays at 1 Mountain and KLZ 560 AM. And we're excited to also be simulcasting on KLDC 1220 AM. And if you're away from your radio, but you're near your computer or your smartphone, and who doesn't have their smartphone attached to their hip, we're also streaming online at drpegradio.com. And we're on Facebook Live today, so just follow me at Dr. Peg on Facebook to watch live. And I'm trying to get my camera working over here properly, so bear with me on that. But you know, it's been a rough week for those in the wake of Hurricane Florence. And because it is still hurricane season, there's likely more severe weather on the way. And then, of course, winter is just around the corner. It's pretty hot here in Colorado, but... We know how that goes. Uh, Winter will be here before we know it. And um, unfortunately, we can also expect everyday emergencies that put us in danger. Uh, It's National Preparedness Month, and the Department of Homeland Security wants you to be ready. And their motto is, disasters happen, prepare now, learn how. So to help you and your family learn how to prepare now for every type of emergency, my guest today is national safety and security expert, and president of SSI Guardian, Michael Yorio. And we're also taking your calls today. So if you're in the wake of Hurricane Florence, or perhaps you've had to evacuate, or you've experienced some type of disaster, like a wildfire or even a home fire, uh, call us at 303-477-5600 to share your story. And we'll take your calls and talk to Michael Yorio in just a moment. But I'm sure you've heard about what just happened in Madison, Wisconsin yesterday. And just this morning, another incident in Maryland at a Rite Aid facility. And yesterday, an assailant opened fire inside a Wisconsin software company, seriously wounding three people and grazing a fourth before responding officers fatally shot the assailant. And workers ran from the office building. uh, And um, one woman who escaped said to the reporters, You just wonder, do you hide or do you run? And when it comes to workplace safety and really your safety anywhere, including your children's safety when they're at school, your safety is your responsibility. But just like this woman who escaped the building yesterday, you need to have the right training in order to know what to do. And SSI Guardian has the right training, the right equipment, and the correct action plan. And right now you can register for SSI Guardian Stop the Threat Advanced Safety Training coming up on October 18th at North Carolina State University. And the training addresses active shooter survival, emotional and psychological recovery, situational awareness, and 20-plus critical safety topics. And you can go to SSIGuardian.com to register today. And with me by phone today is the president of SSI Guardian, Mr. Michael Yorio, and he's a national safety and security expert. He's going to help us prepare for the different types of emergencies we might encounter and how to respond. Michael Yorio, thanks so much for being with us today. Welcome back to the program. Good afternoon, Dr. Peggy. Thank you for having me. You're quite welcome. You know, Michael, uh, you're based in Florida, and usually when we talk about hurricanes or weather, there's something going on in Florida. But for once, uh, not this time, at least not for now, uh, talk about uh, where Hurricane Florence did hit and the damage that has happened. Sure, there's always something going on in Florida as we say here in the Sunshine State. Uh, You know, our hearts and prayers go out to the victims and the families uh, and all those who are struggling with uh, 
the aftermath of Florence, uh, as we saw this massive amount of water, similar to what we saw in Houston last year. Um, that's one thing with hurricanes and having personally been through numerous storms, I can tell you firsthand, uh, it's not just that initial impact or landfall, as they call it, but it's the aftermath of severe flooding. So a lot of folks, will be, when we hear hurricane, we think about severe winds, and that is accurate, but really flooding is, is one of the most dangerous threats uh, that we encounter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just uh, stumbled across a, a statistic yesterday that in the year following a flood, uh, suicide rates increased by 14%. And so it really is so devastating um, to be involved in a flood. It's not just the the hurricane in the moment, but it's all that devastation, as you're saying, that's happening um, that goes on where people have lost everything. It takes time for the water to recede, um, and it really can be um, unsettling for folks. There, there's severe amounts of trauma associated with any natural disaster, any violent event, and that's an outstanding point, Dr. Piggy. Uh, you know, for those of us who maybe don't live in this case in North Carolina, we move on, we don't see it on the news anymore, the waters have subsided. But for those who have in, that were impacted, they lost a home or lost a loved one or had to relocate and, and uplift their lives. Uh, people handle stress and trauma very, very differently, as, as you very well know. So it's important that you know, we're, we're looking after um, ourselves and our loved ones. And if you're struggling with that, uh, don't take it lightly. It's a very serious life experience that affects people in, in different ways. Wow. Well, Michael, thanks so much for um, being with us today. We're going to get into this topic in a lot more depth. It is National Preparedness Month, and my guest today is Michael Yorio. We'll be back after this message from our sponsor, SSI Guardian. Stay with us. We'll be back. Threats at our schools and workplace continue at an alarming rate and require an innovative approach to overall institutional safety. A 21st century safe school needs the right training, the right equipment, and the correct action plan to achieve a future-ready, safe learning environment. SSI Guardian's comprehensive, evidence-based solutions and Tier 1 security consulting is the only active shooter training in America with an accredited CEU. Don't trust your safety to just anyone. SSI Guardian is the only choice. Visit us at SSIGuardian.com. What if a psychologist with years of experience wrote a book revealing secrets that therapists know but usually don't share? And what if that book provided effective strategies for experiencing lasting change? That's exactly what you get with Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark's book, Do Something Different for a Change, an insider's guide to what your therapist knows but may not tell you. Celebrating 10 years in print, this self-help classic shares critical insights to help you understand and overcome the three common barriers to change, heal your emotional pain and emptiness, and strengthen your connection to your true self and others. In the easy-to-understand, down-to-earth style she's known for, Dr. Pegg clearly communicates fundamental principles and strategies for change and personal transformation. Read Do Something Different for a Change today and have a better tomorrow. Go to drpegradio.com slash books to purchase your copy today. 
Studies show that safety greatly impacts student learning and a teacher's ability to do what they do best. Be it broken furniture, a leaking roof, or more serious threat of violence, the 21st Century Safe School by School Specialty addresses school safety from the emotional, social, and physical perspective. Don't wait another moment. Call 877-878-5800 or visit SSIGuardian.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Living Well with Dr. Peg, and we're brought to you by SSI Guardian, and I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and thank you for tuning in. It's National Emergency Preparedness Month, and we're talking about how you and your family can prepare for every type of emergency, and my guest is national safety and security expert and president of SSI Guardian, Michael Yorio. and Michael, thanks again so much for being with me on the show. Always a pleasure, Dr. Peggy. And listeners, if you are recovering from Hurricane Florence or you were evacuated or perhaps you've survived a different type of emergency and want to share on the air how you prepared, call us at 303-477-5600 and we'll be happy to take your call today. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security's Ready Initiative, Michael, asks individuals to do four key things. One, to stay informed about the different types of emergencies that could occur and their appropriate responses, and that's what we're really focusing on today. Uh, number two, make a family emergency plan. Number three, build an emergency supply kit. And number four, get involved in your community by taking action to prepare for emergencies. So we're gonna get to most of that today. So listeners, uh, pay careful attention. Michael, let's first talk about some of the different types of emergencies that can occur and the appropriate response to them. Uh, and of course, hurricanes and flooding are top of mind for everyone. Uh, hurricane season goes through November. So what are some things listeners need to know to prepare adequately? Because we're not out of the woods yet, so to speak. We're definitely not. I mean, we're not out of the woods technically until uh, Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So we have some ways to go. We're currently in peak season, but uh, storms can stretch well into late November. It's very important the guidance that you had shared with us, that we all stay informed, that we prepare. Don't wait until the storm is closing in, but start at the beginning of the season. Start early so you have time to plan, so you have time to get the adequate supplies. Practice your plan, so whether that's an evacuation plan or if you decide to not evacuate, what does that shelter-in-place lockdown plan look like for you and your family? So those things are critical. Um, a lot of things are overlooked. Uh, one example of that, we, we're, we all told to stock up on water and food and batteries and things of that nature. But trauma equipment, also known as stop the bleed equipment, is absolutely imperative because in a hurricane or any sort of a disaster or a lockdown situation, you have no emergency responder services available to you. So unless you are prepared to tend to your injury or the injury of those around you, uh, you just won't have that care nearby. So that's very important. Also, heeding the advice of your local officials. When they're advising you to evacuate, again, due to a hurricane, a blizzard, what have you, you need to really heed that advice. What we're seeing in North Carolina, and we see it unfortunately with every storm, uh, some folks decide to bear the storm, if you will. And not only did they put themselves at risk, but the risk of first responders and volunteers who are risking their own life to try to rescue these folks. 
very important. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that not everyone has the means to evacuate, uh, to have somewhere to go, transportation. Um, but that really, um, even if that is the case, that's why it's so important to prepare and plan in advance. If you know you don't have a vehicle or you know you don't have family that you can evacuate to, um, working with um, uh, your local authorities to figure out your plan in advance so that you don't get stuck and put yourself and your family at risk and, as you said, the first responders. Um, so talk more about the, the, the Stop the Bleed kit um, when we talk about go kits or ready kits and um, being able to have a, um, an emergency kit that has certain items in it, in addition to the Stop the Bleed, what other kinds of things should we be preparing in advance to maybe put in a backpack or a duffel bag and, or maybe multiple bags uh, in our car or in our home or at our workplace? What kinds of things should go in that ready kit? So other things aside from the life-saving Stop the Bleed equipment would be cash. Mm. Uh, when electric's out, uh, ATMs are offline, banks are closed, and it may take some time until electric is restored. Uh, and once it is, typically a lot of you have a mad rush to the ATM, to the grocery stores. Um, so cash, ready, ready on hand cash becomes uh, in scarce demand in many cases. So as we call it a go bag, it's, it's a best practice to have cold hard cash, ample supply of drinking water, uh, power bars, protein bars, something that uh, in a pinch is going to get you through, you're going to survive. If you have any medication, Make sure you have two to three weeks supply uh, of your medication uh, that is sealed in a watertight Ziploc or, or some other sort of container um, in, in case it's exposed to water. Valuable to documents, critical documents, passports, all of those things, uh, because these floods are unpredictable. In many cases, if you don't have these things ready to go, you're not going to have time to retrieve uh, these, these crucial items. Absolutely. And some of these things are going to carry us through across different disasters and different emergencies. Um, but let's talk about wildfires. Uh, that's something that we are seeing in California. Most of them are contained, but uh, there are still some fires burning. Uh, that's got to be one of the scariest things. I think flooding, flood, flood water that, you know, you feel like there's nothing I can do about that. But fire burning around you and closing in. Uh, we've had uh, wildfires here in Colorado as well. What are some things we need to be aware of uh, that we would need to prepare maybe a little differently than if it were a flood? Or really is it preparing in all in the same ways regardless of the disaster? You always want to follow the same model, meaning the preparation and prevention mindset. Uh, obviously, we can't prevent a flood from happening or a wildfire. Fires are extremely scary, if you will. Um, literally, you have one option, and that is to evacuate. So again, it's important to plan for that. Mm -hmm. uh, typically, there is ample notice to gather your personal effects and whatever you can take with you and get out. Um, it, it's not a best practice to try to ride it out and think that um, you, know, you have a better idea of what's happening and what the professionals are recommending. Uh, hopefully, you're right, but if you're not, uh, you, you're putting yourself and your family at risk. So th th those things are absolutely scary. Uh, but again, with hurricanes, we have warnings. With wildfires, there's warning where the fire is moving in which direction. Mm -hmm. uh, in most cases, folks have time to evacuate. Uh, earthquakes are a bit different. No warning involved with that. So that's where you know construction comes into play. But you still want to have a plan. If you're in an earthquake-prone zone and you're experiencing an earthquake, 
how are you going to react? Right. So always think in that prevention, preparation mind, mindset, having options available to you, and then selecting that right option in that split second, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a natural disaster or any sort of a violent act. Right. And if you practice these things, they do become second nature. Right, and it's, that's so such a critical point, Michael, is to plan and have, have a plan, an evacuation route, a meetup point, and then to practice it. Um, how often do we, um, in the middle of the night, wake up our family and let them know we're having a, a fire drill or an evacuation drill, and let's practice this under the maybe the most challenging of circumstances so that we know we're ready? How frequently should a family plan to rehearse or practice their evacuation um, uh, route and, and um, uh, procedures? You know, the, the more frequent that you practice anything, the better you will be at it. Um, so that's really a personal choice. I would recommend at least once a month. And for some, mm-hmm. uh, they're probably thinking, wow, that's a lot. And we have busy lives, and that's a lot of time to, to take. Uh, but if you practice it on a continual basis, if you ever need to exercise that evacuation plan or, or response, uh, it, it will it will happen. You're going to have muscle memory. It's going to happen instinctively. instinctively People will not panic, and so you increase your chances of a safe evacuation. Uh, when we panic, bad things can happen. Uh, people can fall. People can injure themselves, which is delaying the evacuation time and those of others. Wow. And, and again, practicing, I, I'm really kind of stuck on this point of uh, in the middle of the night where the power may have gone out, you're in some type of uh, emergency situation where visibility might be low, maybe there's smoke, for example, um, practicing in those different types of um, scenarios so that you really are truly ready and prepared. That's right. We always want to prepare for the worst-case scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully we never experience that situation, but you want to prepare for the worst case uh, as they say, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that guidance holds true. Mm-hmm. Well, one topic I want to talk about, Michael, because we saw a lot of headlines with the flooding with Hurricane uh, Florence, is our, our pets. We might have a plan for ourselves and our families, and we might forget about our pets, especially if we're at work. What, what are some good guidelines or ideas or tips to help families have an, a, a, an emergency plan if they have pets at home? Sure, and it seems like in this particular storm, I've seen a lot, maybe they're just showing more, I don't know, I don't have any statistics on this, but it's imperative. If you have a pet, that pet, they're part of the family, come on. We, we, we've got to prepare and keep the pet as part of that plan. Uh, I'm sure no one wants to leave their pet behind, but with some thought and attention and practice, um, in most cases, we can make provisions to get our pets out safely as well. Absolutely. Well, let's let's shift gears a little bit from these natural disasters and look at some man-influenced, man-caused disasters, uh, namely um, targeted attacks of violence or active shooter incidents, um, uh, mass shootings. We just had one this morning uh, at a Rite Aid facility. My goodness. And then yesterday, we just heard about one in Madison, Wisconsin, which um, struck close to home for me. My daughter is a graduate student at the University of of Wisconsin-Madison, and the uh, wounded victims of the shooting yesterday were um, brought to her hospital where she works. And so uh, that really makes you... um, 
personalize these incidents when they happen. But talk about uh, good preparation uh, for these workplace uh, shootings and uh, mass attacks in other venues and locations. In, in addition to those two you just referenced, there was a third shooting mm. yesterday in my native state of Pennsylvania. Wow. Uh, in Fayette County, Pennsylvania. So it's been a tough, uh, you know, 24, 48 hours here. Mm -hmm. uh, but things we can do, and, and as we talk about in our training all the time, understanding, recognizing threat indicators, mm. having a plan, empowering yourself with options. Um, the, the, the person that you referenced earlier, Dr. Kagey, she didn't know if she should run, if she should hide. Mm -hmm. She was confused. That's the importance of practicing. So you understand your options. Every situation, and your listeners have heard me talk about this multiple times, every situation is unique and different. So no one can tell you, if you hear this, run. If this happens, hide. It depends at that moment in time, that particular situation. So in a workplace, in a school, wherever you may be, making sure that that place of employment has a plan. It, it all starts with training, not just the plan, but having the proper training that focuses on the causes, that focuses on prevention, preparation, and, of course, response options that we can exercise. Mm -hmm. Very, very important. Uh, with every shooting, regardless of where it takes place, we hear similar comments uh, that you had shared earlier, I didn't know what to do, which tells us training was maybe not as uh, accurate or it was not uh, implemented at all. So that's right. very important. And beyond the training, just because you've been trained once in your life doesn't prepare you. You have to take that training and practice it over and over and over again. So then you're not, you do not panic. You become as calm as possible in a high-stress situation. Right. And similarly, as you're saying, we've got to plan, practice, prepare, um, rehearse with any kind of disaster response, uh, even more so, I think, with active shooter. I'm getting a comment on Facebook from Malcolm saying, run, hide, or fight. Uh, but I think, Michael, uh, you know, that's a great public service uh, announcement, kind of education um, messaging that came out of the city of Houston. Uh, but run, hide, fight is a little confusing because that's what that woman was saying. Should I run? Should I hide? That's right. um, under what circumstances and where will I hide? Where will I run? Do I just run willy nilly? Uh, so talk a little more about that. Um, so run, hide, fight. Yeah, that's a great public awareness campaign, but it really doesn't adequately equip us to respond uh, effectively, does it? It certainly does not. Run, hide, fight is good, solid, basic guidance. Mm -hmm. It was established by the Department of Homeland Security years ago. Uh, it's simple to remember, right? We run, we hide, we fight, um, but it's open to interpretation. Every situation is different. Some assume you run first, then you hide, then you fight. It depends. In some cases, you, you're going to have to hide because you don't have a clear evacuation path. Um, the fight part by many is considered controversial, especially in educational settings. Uh, but many argue even in a professional workplace when you're dealing with adults. Uh, if you're advising non-armed, non-trained individuals to take on an armed person, whether it's armed with a firearm, a knife, what have you, it's not a realistic approach. I've seen all the videos. Uh, people are going to hide, and when the gunman walks in, we're going to hit him in the head with a fire extinguisher. Could that be a likely scenario? Perhaps. But is it realistic? Keep in mind, the attacker always has the advantage. They have shocked and surprised everybody. 
they have a plan, whereas the, 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 the victims, if you will, those who are um, going through it are caught off guard. So the more we practice and something happens, we will have a better chance of, of responding and selecting the right response action. Right. So again, evacuate or run, absolutely. If you have a clear path, you want to get as far away and put as much separation between yourself and that threat. But it's it's not a checklist, and it's not in any particular order, checklist. I think, is what we want to make sure. Uh, Malcolm is saying, like fire drills, we train for an actor shooter, and he's absolutely right. Because, you know, the irony is the assailant, you better believe they've planned, they've prepared, they've even rehearsed. And so, as you said, they're at an advantage, so we've got to do our best to be prepared, uh, to anticipate. Uh, talk about uh, situational awareness, Michael, and that survivor mindset how important it is uh, to our brain is really our best weapon, isn't it? It, it certainly is. And as the attacker always has a plan, it's important that we as responders have a plan. Um, now, that plan varies and it will have variables, but situational awareness is key. Understanding and recognizing your surroundings at all moments in time, whether that's at home, at work, at school, um, at a shopping mall, at a movie, at a restaurant, understanding the situation around you. Of course, we want to know where the exits are. We've all heard that a million times, and it makes sense. We want to know where your exit points are. You also want to be aware of suspicious or, I would say, atypical behavior around you, uh, and whether that's from an individual or the facility or, or something other, a suspicious package. So we don't want to just blindly dismiss things that, well, yeah, Michael's just, he's just an odd guy. Uh, if something is not sitting right with you beyond mm -hmm. um, the, the norm, then you may want to pay particular attention to that. We know through study, through, through research, it's been evidenced countless times that many events, such as a mass shooting, can be prevented, uh, especially in schools where students are getting more involved. They're paying attention. If they hear a concerning comment, or behavior, they're reporting it, helping police drop that threat before it ever happens. So we need to do that at work. We never want to make people paranoid, but we have to be aware of our surroundings at all times. Yes. Uh, it, it could be structural. Uh, if you see something and it's a leaning tower or something with the roof in the restaurant that doesn't seem right, you probably don't want to sit there and let, and let the manager know so they can uh, address it. Uh, just recently, personal story, I'm at a restaurant, not life-threatening. Uh, we look up at the ceiling, there's a bubble, they had a leak, and the manager was unaware of it. So they had a water leak that he was able to address before it became larger and caused damage. Yeah, yeah, so keeping our eyes open, not hiding our head in the sand, being prepared for every type of emergency. Michael Yorio, thank you so much for being my guest today. I appreciate all this good information. Always a pleasure, Dr. Peggy. Be safe. Thank you. And I'll have a link to Michael Yorio on my website, drpegradio.com, where you can also find the program archives and share this interview with a friend. Tune in every Thursday at 1 on Kelsey 560 and drpegradio.com. My guest was Michael Yorio, and I'm Dr. Peg, reminding you to live well. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Living Well with Dr. Peg. For more information or to contact Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark about her mental health or consulting services, please visit her webpage at drpegradio.com.